All right, a score here at the end of two periods at Conti Forum in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts on the campus of Boston College at Boston College 4, Merrimack 1. Mike Magna here with John Leahy. Second intermission brought to you as always by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate. That's merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us here from TheMacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune, and also College Hockey News. Well, Mike, uh, first period, uh, Merrimack had, the, had their chances, certainly. Boston College gets the only goal, but overall, I thought, a pretty even period. Uh, second period, uh, Boston College comes out and puts up, well, let's see, certainly uh, two quick goals early on and then another one as well on the power play. But uh, really, I thought, almost more resulted just some terrible decisions with the puck by Merrimack that resulted at least in the second and third goals. Um, at any rate, the Warriors got one of those back, but not enough to find themselves in the short end of a four to one score there. Yeah, I thought the, the first period was a real good period. I mean, you look at shot attempts are 24-12 for Merrimack. They have the puck more. Uh, you know, like you said, BC ends up getting the goal there, but still, I thought that the first period was a pretty good period, especially on the road. That's how you want to start a game uh, with, with a lot more puck possession than the other team. So, second period, uh, I, I'd agree, with some mistakes. Um, you know, even you look at I don't know what the shot attempts were, but shots on goal are nineteen or are, are twenty to eighteen Merrimack at the end of two. So evenly played game in terms of flow and I think you know who's had the puck. Merrimack's had the puck down BC's end with plenty amount of time. <laughs> They've had more than enough time or chances to score goals. Yeah, I mean, 0 for 6 on the power play, too. I mean, you had some chances there. So, uh, I don't think, you know, the score right now, you look at a 4-1 score and you say, hey, they're they're getting run out of the building a little bit. But it's not really how the game's been played. It's, it's been a fairly close game. Uh, just some big mistakes that have ended up in the back of their net. Apparently. Uh, they challenged the goal in the first period, end up losing their timeout. Maybe it could have helped them in hindsight, you know, in the second period and trying to stem the tide there. But uh, what was your thought on the play? What were they looking at in the in that goal, on that goal in the first period? And, and was it uh, uh, was it a good call to risk the timeout to challenge it? You know, I, I think the challenge was regarding, it looked like Pantana was trying to cover it, and they thought there may have been interference when he went to go clamp down on the puck. Um you know, I, I, I like the move either way. I mean, they lost a challenge. Obviously, you hope they win that challenge. But I, I like it either way just because, especially in, in Scott Borg's position, you're a new head coach. Uh, you're showing that you're going to stick up for your guys. You know, if, if you don't know what was said. If Craig comes back to the bench and says, hey, I, I was interfered with, uh, then you stick up for your goalie and, and you challenge the play and, and uh, you show that you're going to fight for your guys. So I think it's – I don't think it's a bad move either way. I mean, yeah, I mean, could they have used a timeout there in the second period? Sure. But uh, if – you know, we're, we're, I'm guessing here, but if there was a conversation between him and Craig, or or I don't know if Craig left the crease, but maybe somebody comes back, a defenseman comes back and says he was interfered with. Uh, you know, I think he's in a position, uh, the coaching staff's in a position where you, you take that chance, you challenge the play, maybe the goal gets overturned, but even if it doesn't, you show that you're willing to fight for the guys. Yeah, I agree, and I think also because you look at the last five games played between these teams, they've all been one-goal games uh, going back to last season, uh, except for that 3-1 game, but that was an empty netter, so you throw that out the window, still a one-goal game. Uh, you know, so you have a right to expect that, that this game's going to be like that as well. One goal could make a difference. I, I agree with you. I, I think a good decision to, to challenge that. Uh, it didn't go their way, as we mentioned, but, uh, you know, second period, BC comes out, and, uh, you know, putting those guys together, I think it's almost like Jerry York decided, okay, I'm going to try to put the eggs in one basket here. Uh, you know, Cotton, Madala, and, and uh, Hutsko, in particular, uh, Cotton and Hutsko together, and they seem to work pretty well, and it's paid off here. I think Hutsko's been their best player all weekend. Uh, I thought he was electric last night. I mean, Oliver Wallstrom obviously comes
comes in with a lot of praise and first round pick 11th overall you be expected but uh, you know I haven't really noticed him much at all uh, Hutzko's been the guy that I've noticed I mean every time he touches the puck he seems to go to another level with it so uh, you know he came on late last year Hutzko did as a freshman uh, I think he's going to be you know, I think he's going to be a guy that kind of explodes here as a sophomore and and, and probably stick around I mean Wall, Wallstrom could be gone at the end of the year first round pick I mean Hutzko's a guy who could stick around junior maybe even senior year could be a guy that uh, two years from now we're looking at as a, as a guy that's going to score 20 goals maybe 40 or 50 points he looks like he didn't he looked like that type of player at the end of the year last year and I know they've been struggling to get going as a team this year but I mean he's been I thought I think he's been their best player on the ice when I ask you about recruiting a lot of commits this week uh, you know they've been piling them up uh, tell us about some of the recent guys and and uh, you know what does this mean uh, the long list of recruits now that uh, Merrimack's got in there for yeah I know the the Swedish kid that they committed late in the week uh, they're pretty excited about Philip Forsmark uh, he's in the USHL I think he's got six points in ten games uh, I know the director of hockey operations out in Tri-City and I texted him Thursday night uh, when that came out I said hey what can you tell me about about Forsmark uh, and he just said great kid but you know most importantly from Merrimack's standpoint he's got a ton of skill he thinks he's going to uh, he thinks he's going to be able to come in and, and play in the top six right away uh, he thinks he's, he's one of those types of players so uh, he seems like he's a big one they, they have I mean they've been busy on the recruiting trail what you kind of expect from a new coaching staff I mean uh, UMass did the same thing when uh, Greg Carville first came on board so I, I think they're kind of piecing together what they want the roster to look like next year two years from now uh, and, and it's all going to be about skill I mean can they get enough guys enough horses you look back at 2011 which is going to be the year we always compare it to until there's another one uh, yeah they had Stefan Acosta but we've talked about this before they had so many guys behind him uh, whether it was Joe Cucci or Chris Barton or, or Jesse Todd I mean I was looking at their all time scoring leaders today when Brent Seney got called up to, to New Jersey's roster DaCosta finished with 90 points in two years. I mean, he would have been one of the leading scorers in program history, but Chris Barton's like 12 overall. <laughs> so, uh, Jesse Todd, I think, was in the top top 20. I mean, there was a lot of guys. Mike Collins is in the, is in the top 15. So there's a lot of guys behind Stefan DaCosta that were on that team uh, that ended up being some of the better players they've ever had here. So uh, I think that's what they're trying to do. It's all going to be about depth. Can they get the score? Can, can they have the one stud forward? Yeah, you need one of those guys every once in a while, but it's really about scoring depth and how much you can get. All right, Mike. Merrimack goes out to Bemidji State next week. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bemidji State? What can you tell us about them? I know very little about them. Uh, I'll probably try to. We, I have a. Uh, well, they're on Flow Sports now. It's not WCAJ TV anymore, but uh, I'll probably try to watch one of their games this week just to get a feel of what they're going to look like. But yeah, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched the Bemidji State team play. It's probably been two or three years because they're not on TV much either. So, uh, yeah, I don't even know really what to expect. I mean, they're always pretty good, though. When was the last time in the NCAA tournament? That's probably the last time I saw Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was probably like 2012, maybe? 2013? I mean, there was there was a recent one for sure. Uh, I want to say it was 2012 or 2013. But, yeah, uh, they've, they've always been able to get good players. I mean, part of it is they're in Minnesota. There's so many good players in Minnesota, even the ones that don't go to Duluth and, and the University of Minnesota, they're, about, they're bound to trickle down and get a couple. So, <laughs> I'm talking with Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com and the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News, where our score at the end of the second period of play here is Boston College 4 and Merrimack 1. So, you know, assuming uh, that they don't come back and uh, tie or win this game, uh, 
assess here the weekend uh, coming off of last weekend's sweep at the hands of UMass, which I think we're going to look back and say, you know, a lot of teams got swept at the hands of UMass. Uh, and, and will a split? Because these are the only two games they're going to play with BC. They had a chance to win the season series coming into tonight's game. Right now it looks unlikely. Still, you know, possible with a, with a great comeback in the third period, but let's just say that we end up with the situation where there's a split. Is that something that still helps this team and are they still in, in decent position, at least in the Hockey East standings, uh, heading into this break with the two games coming up against Bemidji State? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think if you told people coming into the weekend, even with BC struggles, if you said coming into the weekend to a lot of Merrimack fans, you're going to split with Boston College. I think people would be happy with that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if the, the well, players... Is that true play. even with BC now being 0-5? I think so. Yeah, I mean, at least from my perspective, yeah, because BC's 0-5, but you still can look at that roster and know that they're a pretty good team. And I think, I think at the end of the year, you know, I'm not sure they're going to be, I don't know that they're going to win the league. I don't think they will, but I think they're going to be a team that's in the top four at the end of the, at the, end of the year. Uh, I still think it's going to be Providence, VCBU, uh, and probably UMass in that top four in some in some order. You know, right now it looks like Providence and UMass are probably the two best teams in the league. Uh, but I think y- you look at, at the scoring depth, the skill that the BC roster and BU roster has. They're going to be up there at the end of the year. I just I have a hard time I have a hard time seeing them being a seventh or eighth place team. So I think we're going to look back. You know, in in February or March, we're going to look back and say, hey, they split with a BC team that's probably hosting in the quarterfinal round. So yeah, I think you come out of this thinking it's a pretty good weekend. All right, so uh, we won't talk to you next weekend. I won't make the trip to Bemidji either, but uh, so the first time we have a chance to talk to you is uh, a couple weeks from now. Uh, so this is game number nine here, so a little more than a quarter of the way through the season. Uh, let, let's say that this result holds up. They're three and six. They're two and three in Hockey East. Uh, where does that compare maybe to where you thought they would be? Uh, you know, what sort of, uh, you know, what kind of state would you say they're in at that point? You know, if there's a little more than a quarter of the way through the season. Close to a third, actually, and um, and you know, and, and what are the key areas here where you see that maybe they need to try to shore some things up and, and try to get better to, to improve the chances of picking up some more points, especially in the league play. Yeah, I think they're probably exactly where I thought they would be, uh, and and you could even look and say that they left some points on the table. Maybe not in league. Oh no, maybe in league because they had the game against UMass last week where they lose it late. Uh, I mean, you could easily look at that UMass game and say that's a game they could have easily won. Uh, they probably deserved a win against Lake State. I'm not going to say they deserve a sweep, but a 5-4 game, uh, you know, with the way Craig Pantano's been playing, you say, hey, if he's in there in the first night, maybe they get a win, or if the offense gets going a little bit in the second night when he wasn't there. Or they don't give up a penalty shot in the third period. Exactly, yeah. I mean, so there's there's a number of ways you can look at, at that Lake State series and say that they, they probably could have got a win there. So, there's three and six. I mean, you could you could make the argument that they should they might be deserving of, of maybe five wins at this point. Uh, I think in terms of improvement, you, you got to look at the power play. I mean, they're over over seven on the power play tonight. Uh, they've there's been really good nights on the power play. Uh, there's been really bad nights on the power play. So I think it just needs to be a little more consistent. If you can get some consistent scoring out of that unit, you're going to be in good shape. Uh, and then I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I don't think they've played that poorly. Um, you look at just even the way they've played tonight. It seems like they're well coached. I mean, they're in in positions to make plays. They seem like they're playing smart. They're organized in the way that they play. Uh, it's just that right now, I think with some of these teams, there's a skill gap. You know, with BC certainly uh, they were able to close it against BU and, and walk away with a four nothing win. But yeah, I mean, I think the big thing right now is just. How do you close that skill gap against some of the, the more stronger teams in the league? It's going to be scoring on the bottom. One more question. I know it's getting late here and we do have to run, but I uh, wanted to ask you this since yeah, we're talking about that uh, kind of assessment at this point. 
assessing the freshman class as a whole. Overall, I think <clears throat> pretty good. I'd probably have to give them maybe a B. You know, I think that things have looked pretty good from from a lot of them. Yeah, they're going to start scoring too. I mean, Chase Greesock leads the team in shots and doesn't have a goal yet. Uh, but you look at it, his his history. Here's a guy that had 35 goals in the USHL last year. So it's not like he's leading the team in shots and doesn't have a history of scoring at the junior hockey level. He scored at the best junior league in the country. So I have a hard time thinking he's not going to score at some point. I mean, you look at the number of shots he's putting on net. At some point, those are going to start going in. Uh, I think Jordan Seifert's look good. Tyler Height looks good, especially in the power play. So yeah, I think the freshman class. We Logan Drevers gets that goal tonight. The freshman classes look good, and the, and the guys that we kind of expected to look the best of the class, uh, Seifert and, and Greasock, have looked the best of the class so far. All right, thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks. That's Mike McMahon, the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, and the Eagle Tribune. Back with more after this. Oh, I think we're going to keep it right here. All right, we'll keep it right here. This is Warrior Hockey.